My name is Daz and I am really, really excited today to be online to interview Tim Jones from Grow Good. Welcome, Tim. Hello, kia ora, shamai. Thanks for having me. We, I'm so excited. I, um, I'm going to flip my intro a bit because I met Tim a few years ago. I was in the lockdown, I think, um, on an online uh, session that he was facilitating. And he was like the man from the minute that he started because he had this really really well executed playlist that just delivered banger yeah. after banger but each like fitted the moment that you the point you were trying to make and it was just I was like that guy is awesome just tunes, that's half the battle that's, that's my theory it helps it stick too though right like that's, just, that's basically just I'm, I'm just trying to play with people's minds and get them to <laughs> vaguely remember something that Held. I might have told them <laughs> Um, so Tim's purpose is to co-create a world where every human thrives, contributes fully, and is free from major concerns, where we all live in a manner that is regenerative to the planet that we call home. He was in the reserve forces in the UK for seven years, which is absolutely amazing. He was New Zealand's first uh, qualified B consultant. Did I say that right? Yep, B consultant, yeah. not B, B consultant. consultant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a B consultant for some reason. That's where it was about to go, and I was like, no, it's just B. <laughs> Um, and he's helped more than 70 companies to become B Corp certified, which is amazing and past their impact assessments. He loves skiing. He loves rugby. He loves medieval history. Um, and he really, really loves connecting with communities. So I'm really, really excited to talk to you today, Tim, and share some of your wisdom and get some of your stories along the way because it's pretty exceptional. So thank you. Well, thank you. I feel like I've got big boots to fill now. <laughs> I never feel like I do people justice in those intros, so that's good. That's really positive. Um, so at the Good Day Matrix, we talk about five pillars of well-being, and there are many more, but the five that yep. we focus on are body, mind, identity, community, and environment. Um, so we'll kick off with identity, and then we'll just yep. weave ourselves through. So identity, it's so important <clears throat> to know who you are and where you've come from. And after talking to you, you are very much on the same page as me in terms of that understanding. So tell us yeah. about your papa. Tell us about well, your life. And-, and and literally on the same page in that we're probably from the same village in Wales, ultimately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so even though I've got a French flag behind yeah. me. Or my and world, I don't have right? that today in my daffodil. Yeah, life, <laughs> um, yeah no, I, I totally agree. You know, in, in a lens of purpose and trying to do good and sort of in general, but life in general, I think in the modern world, we are so disconnected from our whakapapa, from our history in the Western democratized world. Clearly in the Maori worldview, you know, I, I was at a speaking at an event a couple of years ago. And one of the other speakers was um, this uh, uh, guy. He was a former banker who quit his job and basically got massively involved in community. And his opening um, part of his talk was basically turn to the person next to you and ask them these four questions. What's your name? What do you do? Where are you from? And what's your purpose? And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And, but, and, and he was a Maori guy. And, and this is what we said, like, in, in our iwi, this is how we introduce ourselves. It's like you introduce yourselves. And one of the things you say is what's your life's purpose. It's like, well, that's pretty next level. Um, but yeah, I think we 
in general are really disconnected. Like most people maybe will know, well, mum and dad were born here mm. or they weren't born here. And maybe you might know grandparents were born somewhere different. But beyond that, like, do you have any idea? Do you have, does anyone care? Because mm. in the sort of three meter world in which we live in, um, or the three second world in which we live in, like kind of who cares what happens a thousand years ago? But I think it's so critical for you to be able to place yourself in the world and contextually and be able to understand yourself. Um, Cause you know, like we said, you know, um, I was a medical device rep for many years and doing some family ancestry, you know.com uh, hashtag, uh, you know, research. I discovered that I think it was like a great uncle of mine was a medical device salesperson. Now, most people in the world don't even know that medical device sales is a job like selling equipment into hospitals. Well, he was doing it like in the 1910, 1920s in like Bermuda and the Bahamas. And it's like, well, that's quite random. And then um, I think I was on my mum's side. And then on my dad's side, I think it was like a great uncle again, was an ambulance driver. Well, you kind of go, well, so there's two historical references here to medicine. Well, is it a shock, therefore, that I've ended up as a medical rep? Well, not completely. <laughs> um, and I think the big one we talked about was, um, yeah, my sort of medieval history. So I, I did a degree in medieval history, did my dissertation on the Norman Conquest. So 1066, King Harold, King William. Um you know, what, why did I choose, you know, th throughout all my schooling, like history just kind of really captured me, but particularly that medieval period, don't know why. Um, and then I kind of, you know, it was kind of expected that I go to university through the school that I went to. And it's like, well, if I'm going to have to go, I might as well do something that I'm vaguely curious about. <laughs> so I found a course on medieval history in Cardiff so I could connect to my fucker papa, I guess, in that way. Um, yeah. And, and then it was literally, you know, like probably five or six years ago doing this ancestry piece, I discovered that one of my um, ancestors was a guy called Ghislaine de Halsall, who was a Norman knight who fought at the Battle of Hastings. And you, I'm getting tingly just thinking about it, right? You just kind of go, well, that's a, thi that's a thing, isn't it? Like, you know, I could have chosen any other period of history to go and study and any other period of history and any other world event to do my dissertation on. And I chose the Battle of Hastings. I wish I'd known I had an ancestor because I would have completely changed my dissertation. I would have done it on him you know so yeah i just think the more the more you can understand who you are who you really are not the kind of like well this is who i think i am or this is who i think i need to be one of my favorite words is persona um which um in i think it's latin uh, or greek can't remember off the top of my head it means mask and persona is what you would put on in a play mm. and most people are walking around with a mask on and it's like that does not help your mental state because mm. you have this kind of duality of like this is who i want to be this is who i think i should be and that's not conducive to a positive mental state of mind <laughs> in my experience <laughs> no no and most people's experience to be fair yeah <laughs> they just may not know it 100 <laughs> percent, yeah and it manifests you know i i love looking at is it etymology the the yeah. sort of meaning or, or um history of words or you know where, where words come from you know disease dis ease if you are diseased if you are not at ease with who you are you will be diseased wow it's like you know there's so many little clues out there yeah. but you know we think we're smart we've got tiktok we've got you know everything and that's the thing you know you, you've literally got the world at your fingers on this little device you can get any bit of information in nanoseconds you can now get that chat gpt robot to write you anything that you want in seconds and you know we've got 
all of this, you know, we've never had so much, but we've never felt so disconnected and, mm-hmm. you know, frazzled for it. Yeah, it's, it's a phrase, we've never had it so good, but never felt so bad at the same yeah. time. And it's um, like... Have you heard of the Dictionary of Lost Words? No, but after this, that's what I'll be spending the rest of my afternoon yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't read it yet, but um, a friend of ours, Cassie, who we've interviewed on here as well, yeah. she, she, bought, she read it and then has bought it for a bunch of friends because it's... Nice. Back in the day when dictionaries were being created and developed, it was yeah, all yeah. with right. male words and all a lot of language got lost and missed because it wasn't right. from both sides, et cetera. So yeah, yep. apparently it's really, really interesting. So that might be something that I will check that out. That's a that's a rabbit hole to go down. There you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> always a rabbit hole when I'm There's always rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> Life is one big rabbit hole. <laughs> As I don't have say. any other way. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to body. So what activities do you do daily? Any rituals or routines that you do to take care of your body? <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've been really thinking about that, actually. Uh, not necessarily since our call, but, um, you know, it's hard when you've got small people in your family because I think, well, I hope most parents will try and prioritize small human rather than big human. Um, and uh, you then have a business, which is like having another small human, <laughs> which sometimes sometimes does less what you ask it to do than your actual child does. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. The, the last sort of seven years in business, I, I've, I've definitely not had as good a, a, a sort of body a physical based routine as I, as I needed to. Um, I'm getting better at doing that. Um, that being said, my, my baseline is a walk with a dog. Pretty much, he might not get one today because it's like 30 degrees and he's already panting and not enjoying <laughs> life. Um, so, yeah, but in general, like a, a, a walk, take the dog for a walk, get a podcast on the go, get into nature. Yeah, just have some me time. But yeah, really getting back into, I've got my bike out in the corner. So I'm just uh, like a bike to a, a meeting yesterday instead of driving or nice. you know, a Zoom call. Um but yeah, I'm just I've just actually started a, a coaching program on my health and fitness. So mm-hmm. been getting back into doing some weights and some movement and stuff like that. Um and getting getting my nutrition dialed in. So I started before Christmas. So I did Christmas with no alcohol, no sugar, no gluten, no dairy. Um good work. I did, I did have one beer on New Year's Eve, but don't tell Ollie. <laughs> I think one beer. We'll delete that now. <laughs> yeah, we just cut that bit out. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's one of those things. Um, I mean, I guess in terms of body and mind, um, I've I used, well, I have used um, a meditation app called Insight Timer. I, I, in terms of meditation, I like breathing because I, I feel like I need something physical and tangible rather than like just sit there and don't think of anything and then everything comes into your head. But what's that? I think is it Gandhi? He said, if, if you think you can't meditate to it for an hour, it means you need, it means you need to meditate for two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, very active mind, lots of ideas. So I did do about two years of cons- like literally every day consecutive. I think it was more than that. It was like 1500 wow. consecutive days of, of um, meditation. And then I got sick mid last year um, with a cold or flu. It wasn't COVID. And then I lost the, you know, the consecutive days. And I was like, nah. So I kind of dropped that off. But again, it's it's on the, that is the, the next thing to get back in. It's just, mm-hmm. even if it's just five minutes, you know, just have that breathing um i do also like um we bought um just like a little paddling pool it's like a, a mini pool like 12 foot square pool for the summer um i'm getting in that in the morning it's not freezing cold yeah. um that's on my saving list like i love being cold um i perform like today like, i'm just my brain gets a bit slow it's just too hot like when it's cold 
that's when my like I can really you know get stuff done. So yeah, cl- a cold plunge pool of some description, ice bath. That's that's on the. I I didn't get the handyman jeans. That's definitely one of the identity things <laughs> I didn't get. You know, on, was it those Mitre Ten adverts? It's like you know, I, I'm the guy who calls the guy because it's just easier, and I'm cool Are with that. You dreaming? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So I'm I'm happy to be that guy. I'm happy to own that. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm trying to find someone who can build me you know an ice bath either out of one of those old freezer things or there's some other things that you can do but yeah if I do it I'll electrocute myself so oh my god well if we're in the same region my husband could do it he now builds pools as well as houses so he could oh right well come down for a holiday um, we'll make some yeah we'll make it work (laughs) (laughs) um just to add even though we're talking about body at the moment to add into that there's another book I read the start of this year called the miracle of mindfulness and I can't say his name properly it's like something like that Oh, I know, um, yeah, I know. I kind of know the guy you mean. Yeah, it's a really yeah. nice, short, small book, but it's got clear ways to meditate, clear ways to include breathing, and clear nice. clear reasons that it works. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you're pre- preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm bad at it. I'm a bad breather. Yeah. I breathe really shallow. Right. And I'm bad at you know doing that. So it was a really great book to. A good reminder. Read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how do you, because you are one busy human, how do you prioritize doing things for your body on busy days or slash just navigating that with your small humans? Yeah. Um, like I say, I'm pretty like the baseline of, of going for a walk. I'm pretty mm-hmm. good. Like unless I'm like absolutely just shattered and I've had a big day. I mean, some days when you're doing um workshop facilitation, you know, you, you can easily do like 20,000 steps delivering a workshop so if you've got a busy day it's like actually do you know what i can flag the walk um increasingly though the last couple of years a lot of work done on zoom so yeah i'm, I'm pretty good at the, the walk has been my baseline for like the last since we got the dog which is about seven years ago seven or eight years ago it's like well he needs to go i should probably go with him rather than just letting him roam around the streets so yeah normally i mean normally my morning routine would be you know get up my daughter was going to the local school which was like a five minute walk up the road so i'd try and cajole her to walk with me so yeah. that would be you know we get some time walk to school drop her off i can go and there's a little loop i can go and do so yeah but yeah like i say this literally this last sort of two two to three weeks been getting back trying to do some uh, a workout in the morning and then put, maybe push the walk to the evening but mm. yeah getting into swimming as well um i've kind of historically struggled with swimming i just can never get my breathing right with the you know in the uk we would call it the front crawl rather than freestyle must be a welsh yeah which is not yeah, designed yeah. to swim yeah I, I don't remember there being many uh gold medals for swimming out of wales <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah uh, new south wales different story obviously they oh. had some special um some special food or or jeans or something in new south wales um <laughs> Yeah, so getting so this afternoon, like I say, a really hot day. My daughter's going down to the pool with some friends. So, you know, later on, might go down, do a few laps. So that's mm-hmm. quite. So I think swimming is kind of like a really good activity because you have to disconnect and you're doing your breathing. So it's yeah. almost kind of like active meditation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just try and count how many lengths you've done. So I'm sure I have I done 10 or is it 12? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's where you start <laughs> to need to learn how long it roughly takes you to do a lap and then just time it. And time it. Well, like, I've got my watch now, which can yeah. count the legs, but every now and then it's like, I know I've counted 10 and you're telling me I've done 11. So <laughs> take the 11. Take the 11. Yeah, take the 11. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it feels like cheating, it is, but if it's not, you know, uh, like, I, I normally, I normally go, okay, look, I think you overcount. So yeah. I will normally, finish and then do like a bonus two nice. it's that's the army training in me it's like you're already chitting yourself yeah um, yes. you know integrity and, check it's like no just you know do it 
Yeah, which leads us really well into mind. And um, talk to us about having control of your mind and sort of quitting and the strategies that you use around your mindset. <clears throat> yeah, um, we, we, you know, we had a good chat about this. And, and I think for me, getting to know myself over the years has been really, really useful, you know, in terms of personality profile tests. I was lucky I spent a good 10 years in a high-performing sales job where they spend a lot of money in helping you work out who you are so that you can be better equipped at talking and basically selling to other people so you can understand psychology and what have you. So really grateful that I've had quite a lot of insight you know, into, I guess, like popular psychology, but some deeper stuff into like how the mind works. And then on top of that, definitely that time I spent in the army, you know, one of the sort of the running jokes um, we would have as as men, because uh, in a couple of the units, there were females as well. Um, but typically for a guy, our logic was they can't kill us and they can't make us pregnant. So beyond that, what is, you know, it's just going to be hard, but mm. it's not that literally, you know, if the army kills you on a training exercise, there are so many forms that someone's gonna have to fill in. It's, you know, they're not going to push you that, <laughs> you know, then the sergeant major is not going to push you that far because it's just going to be painful. Like whether he, he, doesn't, he might not care whether you die, but you know, it's just going to be more painful for him and the, the bureaucracy that he has to deal with. So that so one of our other mottos was um uh what's it H H uh, C I B how hard can it be? It's like and, and so that time in the army for me was just really I think it's really taking away the worry you know ultimately you might go and kill someone but that that putting people in an environment of hardship with other people who are sharing that with you where there is this element of discipline and you just have to do it. I think it leads to a better human. You know, yeah. th there is a lot that you can get out of that as a human being. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so I got a lot, a lot of my mindset. Um, I had a um, interesting relationship, I guess, with my dad. He's passed away now, 2016. Um, one of the things that, you know, he, he did get me to do stuff when I was young, physically, like we'd go walking. Um, so in, uh, uh, Wales there's I, think, I can't remember how many there's like x number of peaks that are over 3,000 feet and like I did all of those by the time I was like 14 or 15 oh, wow. um, and there's a thing called the Pembrokeshire Coast Path where you um, it's like on the south the bottom bit of Wales that kind of goes along like that um, we we walked that when I was probably 10 9 10 11 um, and he would tell me that we were doing like a mile every day but actually we did like 10 miles every day but you don't know what a mile is so you just kind of do it mm -hmm. um and there was another time we cycled from north to south wales with another dad and his son and we did that in like four days and again i was probably like 13 14 and so yeah you know definitely there were some pivotal moments where it's like well you're just doing it and you just gotta keep going and so yeah i think i have a pretty good baseline of res resilience is probably not the right word there's a word that i love using which is indefatigable it, it basically means you you cannot be fatigued and wow. sometimes that's really useful because sometimes if you just give it one more go if we just try it a different way if we you know just one more sometimes that's all it takes yeah. you know just one more knock on the door and the door opens um the downside is sometimes you don't know where to give up yeah. and or not give up but it's like no, we've that horse is looking pretty flogged right now. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to go. Genuinely, don't think it's going. Okay, let's jog on. So, yeah, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but I think I'd rather be 
I'd rather go further and then have to stop than not have gone there and not knowing what was possible or, you know, not had that opportunity suddenly um, manifest because you, because you quit because you just gave up. Yeah. I mean, quitting, giving up, you know, they're strong words, but um, yeah, sometimes you, you do just need to realize that, yeah, it's, it's not meant to be. Yeah. And that's cool. Um, yeah. And, and I think that ability, you know, resilience, the definition for me is, you know, that ability to bounce forward or, or bounce back, depending how you want to frame it. Um, increasingly over time I've, I've become better at that i used to take things quite personally um that was like my personality type but also now having done a lot of the deeper um, internal work you know massive need for approval because mm-hmm. lack of approval from parents as a child and all that kind of stuff which is fundamentally if you're in a sales role mummy and daddy didn't give you enough hugs because yeah. that's the only reason you like driving around in a car or being on a phone having conversations with lots of people where mm-hmm. one of them might tell you oh my gosh you're amazing yes i'd like to buy your stuff um so yeah, that that um, ability just to kind of yeah, sure. Look, I, I kind of I care, but I don't care. Like if you say mm-hmm. no, it's actually it's on you, not me. So yeah, that's those have been like the two the two big things for me around mindset. Um, yeah, that's pretty strong, right? And how how much I reflect when you talk about young me and how I actually wouldn't try in the first place for fear yeah. of getting it wrong or not being the best yep. or being embarrassed. Um, yep. I had huge lack of self-confidence. And so yep. now I kick myself because I had some wicked opportunities <clears throat> yep. and I didn't give it everything I had when I had the chance because then I could say, oh, but I didn't give it everything. Yep. And I failed at it. That's why, because I didn't try. Yep. And that's and the whole thing. You know, you, like, you'll, oh. you'll always regret the thing you didn't do yeah. rather than the thing you did do. Yeah. Because you'll never know. It's like, yeah. And and we're sort of going through that. Our daughter's 10 going on 11. She's just about to move school into, it's like secondary school, but they've got intermediate as part yep. of it. And there's a whole lot more opportunities coming her way next year, you know, like sporting all the rest of it. And we're just like, please just, go. in fact, we, you know, it's like we fundamentally want to make her like, no, you're just going to go and give it a go. Mm. Because sometimes you don't know. And like you say, it's, it's mainly that, oh, but what if I don't look good? And, you know, what, oh, what if I'm no good at it? But it's um if you sort of look, it's kind of a little bit Jungian psychology, you know, the idea of the jester, you know, the fool, the person who's who's willing to put themselves in a place mm-hmm. of vulnerability and exposure to point something out. But you kind of have to become the fool, you have to become the kid again to start learning and be okay with the fact. I mean, it's unlikely that you're gonna be an award-winning, world record setting person in a thing on first like sometimes yeah sure there are people like that and and there are you know complete outliers who are just I mean I guess you could look at like Jonah Loma you know just like just turned up and was pretty much amazing at rugby didn't need much you know polishing um whereas there are others who who need that coaching and guidance and what have you but yeah how do you know until you yeah I think that comes back to you know that well we haven't really talked about it but you know knowing who you are not kind of knowing what you might have a proclivity for but being willing to test that you know because there will be learning but i guess that's the value of having mentors and coaches because typically it's you know as you say you you can't see what's in you but you know someone else can see what's in you like you don't know that you have got this potential um so let's go give it a go yeah Yeah. no i that's my my hope for my kids is that we do the same they don't have to be and they don't have to be great at everything like no but just give it a go i always thought oh but i'm not good at it so i won't try yeah you know i wouldn't be good enough so i won't take that step but i wouldn't so i only played two sports or three sports if you count athletics because i was good at those 
but I'd get invited to play basketball or whatever and I'd be like, oh, nah. And so if I'd just given it an attitude, yeah. I just, but I didn't have yeah. to be the best. Like it wouldn't have mattered no. if I just played social if I loved it. And totally. that's where my mindset was wrong. So, totally. Yeah. And sometimes you might be rubbish at something, but really enjoy it. Yeah. And like, that's okay too. <laughs> be that just guy. Don't, just don't be expect that guy to... who brings the joy. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> joy and the love of it. Yeah. Um, so we'll move into community. And so we talk about community and we're trying to break down some barriers of community um, yeah. as we talk about community because a lot of people think community comes with a lot of work or a lot of time commitment um, and then they don't think some of the things they're part of are actually communities when yeah. they really genuinely are. And so communities can be anything from being part of a rugby club to a knitting group to a yep. reading group to just your neighborhood street. Like there's, there's so many different communities. It can be your work communities. Yeah. So you are particularly passionate about neighborhood communities. So tell us about the tribe that you've collected along the way and the different communities that you're a part of. Yeah. I mean, because I think community is one of those words that it's not very sexy and exciting. You know, it's <laughs> like community watch, community neighborhood watch. True. I don't know. It's, it's just got like a, it just, I don't know. I just imagine old people. When you hear the word yeah. community. In my, in my mind, I just sort of imagine old people. That's so I think so co community is a word that, yeah, it's oh, maybe we need to check Cassie's dictionary, you know, yeah. where, where it comes from. I mean, I guess, you know, commune, communitas, it's sort of, you know, the body. I think it means the body or something like that. I was testing. Anyway, I think it means something like that. Um, yeah, com community is really interesting because, again, it, I think it comes back to that identity piece and, you know, where do you connect into and, you know, who's your tribe and, and all the rest of it. Um I guess on the on the meta level, you know, my journey into discovering B Corp um, as a, as a movement and ha having had what I call a hard Brexit from the corporate world of you know working for companies who it's just about profit maximization. Literally, we don't care if we kill people whilst making as much money as we can. You know, that's just how we roll. Um, so at the meta level, that was like my initial big kind of community. Um, I think realization of like community in terms of okay needing to connect with a group of people who think quite differently from what I'd been, you know, brought up in. I mean, I, I went to school in the UK. It's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of, I've reconnected on Facebook with the, well, with my, like my primary school, they've got a, like an alumni thing yeah. going for that. And it's quite, it's been quite cool. Like looking back at the, you know, where it is and, and what the kids are doing now and, you know, get some updates and, um, but I don't really have any connections from that community. You know, I grew up in in, in a small village in, in the south of England. I don't think there's anyone, even in my phone contacts, from that village. You know what I mean? Um, and then secondary school, again, you know, there's a couple of people there that I've, I've stayed connected with. University, got a big group of community there. And, and we've recently reconnected a, a group of about 10 of us, sadly, because one of the group is quite sick. Um, with cancer and as one of them one of the other guys said it you know why did it take one of us to be, get really sick for us to get on bloody whatsapp yeah. it's like well yeah that's a pretty good comment but yes we have all been busy with kids and family and da, da, da. so that's that's been really good and that's just mm -hmm. basically a group of lads talking rubbish to each other on whatsapp and sending rubbish jokes and memes <laughs> which i think guys need yeah um because we get quite a lot of chuckles out of it and then basically we get on a zoom call every now and then and, and just abuse each other like we did in 1996 so it's like this is great <laughs> um so there's that kind of community and um, we're building community um you know within my business at grow good that that's a big realization for me is um you know if you're a business owner if you're working with clients individually 
well, they're probably all quite similar and they've all got similar problems and aspirations and similar types of people. So put them in a group together and who knows, there might be some magic that happens. So yeah, the last 12 months, we've been really big trying to build community um, within you know our, our client base, looking at expanding that into having beyond the digital community, looking at trying to get a couple of retreats going this year, um, maybe do a ski day or you know some stuff like that um, to get everyone to actually you know, come together and Great meet a real person. To go skiing, eh? Oh, exactly. Hey. Yeah. What a crazy idea. Yeah. I didn't think about um, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on the invite list. Um, <laughs> come down. Um, yeah. And then but for me, one of, one of the, it's been really interesting where, where we've lived well, where I've lived in Christ in New Zealand. So when I first moved to New Zealand, I was in Auckland living in a flat in Auckland with my then girlfriend. Um, you even in, like in a block of flats did not know anyone else. Like, did not even see anyone half the time. Mm. Um, and then when I moved down to Christchurch um, and then met my now wife, um, the first place we lived in, um, it was only immediately after the earthquakes that suddenly community popped up. And I think that has possibly had an influence on Christchurch mm. because literally all of a sudden people going up and down the street, are you all right? Are you all right? Do you need any help? Do you want me to dig your liquefaction out? Da, 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 da. And so... Yeah, we, and then we've lived in a couple of other. Well, we then moved to Pukekohe, um, post earthquake, and that we had that was a pretty cool community because I had a couple of mates living there, so we kind of had like instant pop up community there. But it was it was a cool small community, and then yeah, where we we live now in Holeswell in Christchurch, the two subdivisions that we've kind of lived in. The second one, it's actually really well designed for community. There's like a little um, hub of shops where I just had lunch um, with my colleague Tamara. Um, so there's a couple of cafes, there's a pub, there's a gym, um, there's a, um, a dairy and there's a playground. And so, um, when my daughter was at preschool down there, you know, you'd kind of pick her up from preschool and then there's normally a few other parents with their kids from preschool. So you get to know them and then it's kind of built. So yeah, where we are at the minute, it's one of those places where you actually can sort of walk around. Like sometimes it's annoying because I'm trying to take the dog for a walk. I've got half an hour. I need to get home and you bump into three of your other dog walking fellows that, you know, and you have a bit of a natter and next minute it's like, right, and now I'm running late. Um, but yeah, there, there's, yeah, I, I just think it's, you know, that's sort of part of the problems, I think, of the economic system that we're in was sort of really built in the 80s and 90s, that kind of Reaganomics, um, uh, you know, what's his name? Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher. Mm -hmm. What's the guy here called? I can't remember the name of the prime minister who was like all about neoliberal stuff. I can't remember his name. Is it Rogenomics? I want to say a name, but then I'll get it wrong because it's not my thing. So I'm not going to not going to Someone someone can <laughs> fact check it. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's called Rogenomics here. This this whole sort of neoliberal economic system. And you know, one of the phrases that Margaret Thatcher mentioned is, you know, there's no such thing as society. It's like it's individual. It's all about individual responsibility. It's about you looking after yourself, you doing the best that you can do. And I guess that's like the true conservative message is it's not about government it's not about handouts or benefits you know it's about you doing the best that you can do and, and yes 100 individual responsibility but you as an individual are nestled in a society in a community and we are a social species mm. um so yeah I, I just think um we're pretty lucky here and when my daughter you know my daughter's been at the local school here she like i say she's just leaving but you know i've emceed the quiz night there a couple of times um you know been involved with the school where i can you know and then so you meet the parents um you know during the holidays we'll always try and because my wife and i both work for ourselves it's like hey could you take our kid today we'll take your kid and those two kids mm. that day so yeah just having that sense you know it's it's that corny phrase it takes a village to raise a child and it 
it does. Um, and I think we, we're just quite lucky here. We've got, well, I, I don't know, I guess I can't speak for everyone's experience, but yeah, it just feels like that there is a bit of sense of community here. People do look after each other. I mean, our next door neighbours, um, they're um, Afghani. And one day, I, the bloody dog, always the dog. I was bringing the dog back from a walk and um, I hadn't really met, um, they've got you know fairly big extended family and there was uh, one of the daughters was outside i was just like oh hi you know because we'd only recently moved in hi you know how's it going having a bit of a chat her boyfriend came out i was like hey how's it going and the next minute a car drives past and just starts abusing them like you effing this like giving them loads of racial abuse i was like whoa okay um and i the guy um pulled up the road and then came back and I was like I said to the girlfriend hey do you, do you want to just go inside and ring the police because I think this has got potential to go beyond this guy just shouting out of his car anyway he kept shouting and anyway, he went away then he came back again and sort of drove past again by this point the police had turned up so you know I, I ended up going to court as a witness to say well yeah this is the guy you know I'm I was standing there and I saw it happen um you know, so just that sense of community. So now we get on really well with them because we've got this shared sort of sense of, you know, yeah. and one of their daughters was actually, she was a couple of years older than our daughter. Um, but, you know, just even little things like some neighbours down the other end of the street were away. They're like, hey, could you put our bins out? You know, so that the burglars don't notice. Yeah, yeah. sure. You know, and, and I I just don't think you get that in every community. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a it's an important part because otherwise you're just you living in your house, driving in your car to go to your cubicle in your office. And it's like... Yeah, I just think there's a depth that you can get, which people just maybe don't think about so much. I think it's hard, though, because I mean, look at like me, most of my good friends are still in the UK. So, you know, even if you're just moving from one suburb to another in Christchurch, it's not it's not always easy because everyone is busy. Everyone is, you know, frazzled and da da da. But it's kind of like, I mean, whenever we have moved house, we've typically we haven't we didn't do it here for some reason. I think it's because we're on a street, which is like a, it's a bit of a main road. So it's, it's it's not as easy to get across the road in the previous house we're in. It was in a cul-de-sac and we baked some. Well, I say we, the royal we, my wife and daughter mm-hmm. baked some cupcakes mm-hmm. um, and we went around, just knocked on every door. I said, hi, we're the new people at number 11 or number five, or whatever it was. Um, and then we even, I think it was maybe about six months later, we put a, we said, Hey, look, we sh- why don't we have a street barbecue? It'll be at our house. You just bring some food and everyone came along. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you come home from work or I work from home, you know, you're in the street, you see your neighbors, you have a bit of a chat, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll look after your kid tomorrow. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. And, and there's so much you get out of that. You know, there's so much in it for you. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for going deep instead of wide and yeah. all the connections that we have and all the relationships that we have as well because 100%. you know it's really easy to say oh yeah no like I'm part of this and I'm part of this but how much are you actually part of it how much, like, you, yeah. and how much it is a part of you as well yeah. um with the chat with your friends my dad turns 80 this year and oh. I introduced him to technology a few years ago and we've, we've slowly got up to Facebook and Facebook yeah. Messenger and he managed to find a friend of his from primary school. And now wow. they have this chat where they literally fantastic. the funny memes and funny videos <laughs> that I do not want to see. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God, dad, yeah. what are you yeah. doing? Um, but, yeah, but it's brought him so much joy, just that yeah. connection. That, and his friend now lives in Australia. So they would never, you wouldn't yeah. have known where to find him, what to do. But yeah, his yeah. name popped up and we were able to find him. And yeah, yeah. and it's just, it's beautiful. Those yeah. kind of relationships are beautiful. Yeah, that's what we need. I mean, we're, we're, we're in... Yeah, we're a communal, you know, we're semi-advanced monkeys floating <laughs> on a spinning disc in the middle of multiple universes. You know, we we need community. We need yeah. to, you know, for lots of reasons, you know, you oh, can't do joy. everything by yourself all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings joy instead of yeah. just silo dread. 
Um, so we'll move into environment. <laughs> um, and when we talk about environment around here, we talk about everything. So it can be sustainability, yep. it can be the environment you create around yourself, work environment, home environment, like anything. But with you today, I'm really keen to sort of narrow ourselves into two parts, yep. which is the people that you spend time with and you choose to spend time with. Um, and what's going on in our environment in terms of the marketing that we see and the slogans that we hear and things yep. that pop up on every street corner. So yep. talk to us about the environment that you try to create in order to thrive. Yep. So, yeah, because I had this deep-seated need for approval, um, I like working from home by myself. Um, because when I'm in a co-working space or an office, it's like, oh, should we go for a cup of tea? Yeah, sure, Daz. Yeah, let's go. Um, any excuse to be social and not do work, yeah, sign me up. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so high five on that one. Yeah, so that's why, you know, I've kind of worked out that in terms of my work environment, working from home, where I don't have to, I just commuting just blows my mind. Like the few times when people are like, "Oh, can we meet at half eight or nine o'clock in town?" No, like, <laughs> what, what, just, don't put me through your misery. <laughs> like, no, just no. no. I'm going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I, yeah, so I, that's why I like working from home. I can ease into my morning. I can go and take a dog for a walk. I can, you know, listen to a podcast. I can make breakfast, no stress, no rush, no sitting in a car for 45 minutes when it should be like a 15 minute drive yeah. into town if you're going to drive. Um, yeah, so I kind of have curated my environment here um, in the office. I've got loads of like motivational things in front of me. I've got my big Welsh dragon here. Welsh I've got dragon. some <laughs> pictures of me, you know, delivering events and, and some other, you know, bits and bobs. Yeah, so that I'm kind of, you know, subconsciously looking at them. Um, I try and try and keep my office as, as clean, you know, and clutter free as possible. But I'm fundamentally one of those ideas people. So there's scraps of paper and yeah. bits that it's like, okay, like get them into the notebook, get them into the notebook. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in terms of that environment, um, I guess, you know, I, I get a lot of human connection digitally. Um, you know, we've got clients all over the world. So that's cool. Um, but it was interesting. I went into, was it yesterday? No, day before yesterday. So Tamara, a colleague of mine, we went into town for a couple of meetings. And she was at the end of the day, she was like, How many people do you know in Christchurch? Because literally every cafe we went into is, Oh, hey, hey, how's it going? And she's like, bloody hell. She's like, you need to get into town more because like there's all these incidental meetings. Like, yeah, no, like I get that. But that's also the problem is you get distracted and I see all these people, you know, and if with your ruthless kind of business hat on, it's like they're not gonna work with me. I, like I I need to be on the Zoom call with the client who is paying me money right now. So it's an interesting, so maybe, you know, the compromise is like one day a month or once a fortnight. Yeah. It's like, we just book a day in town, roam around the usual um, cafes and say hi to some people that I don't. Yeah. Um, just yeah. advertise it, be like, Tim Jones yeah. will be in the <laughs> Yeah, what, for one day only. One yeah. Friday of every yeah. month. Yeah, yeah. well, it's not a bad idea, yeah, because we, we, we were talking yesterday, you know, within the B Corp community, um, uh, myself and a couple of others locally we, we run a thing called be local which is um an opportunity for people for for the b corp community people on the journey and people who are just like what is a b corp we run events and come along and i was sort of saying well maybe we just need to do like one friday of the month it's yeah. like we're in this pub from five o'clock so you just kind of know so maybe i just do that pick that day yeah. that's my town day yeah nice idea thank you I'll take that. yeah um people will come right they will yeah if you build it they will come yeah. kevin, kevin costner field of dreams um <laughs> showing our age. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I was, no. <laughs> sorry. I was, I was talking to a group of students from Minnesota the other day. They they were doing a study tour in Canterbury and um the regional economic development agency were like, hey, would you 
be able to come and give a talk to someone B Corp because they're studying kind of, you know, impact and purpose as part of their overall program. I was like, yeah, sure, I can give a talk to them. And I was like, you drop in some, you know, most of my workshop clients or clients are sort of, you know, middle-aged-ish or, you know, someone in the leadership team is sort of our age. And you forget, like, these these kids are like 18. You go, you've got no idea who I'm talking about, do you? I was like, I was like, so I, I sort of paused and I said, so when I was at university, I was like, okay, I should back it up. Do, do any of you know who Princess Diana was? And there was a few sort of going, mm, okay, right. Well, she was alive when I was at university. Oh. Um, it's like, you know, trying to, try to think of some, it's like, I think Bill Clinton was your president when I was at university. Like, do you know him? And they were like, yeah, I think I've heard of him. Oh my, <laughs> I work with two 20-ish year olds and they never know what I'm talking about. And so yeah. I'll, so I'll start and I'll go, hold on a minute, have you even seen this? I'll be like, what? Yeah. Let me just, I'll send you the link on YouTube. Yeah. 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 More often yeah. than not now, they, they'll, they like, Emily, who works here, will say to me, remember, you could be my mum. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop it. Cut that out. I'm 37. Yeah, yeah. I'm really young yeah, mother. I'm not that old. Yeah, yeah, very young mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's sick. So I imagine you have some pretty strong values. Um how do you take those values and make them non-negotiables in any environment? Because often there can oh, be a bit of ethical fading and people can be yep. this way in one environment, but this way in another. Yep. So how do you... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, intense, um, intense amounts of deep personal development work to work out who you actually are. Because um, that's the thing. Otherwise, um, you know, you will you you will change and compromise and be who you need to be in. And I think, you know, in terms of like individual purpose work that that's where a lot of people are struggling you know they are work tim and then their friends tim and then their home tim yeah and it's like well wh why are they different why is it that you would have this conversation as a friend but you wouldn't have that conversation with your boss and your wife doesn't even know that you think about that it's like that's you, you can't hold that yeah it's that you know um i call it the well i think it comes from vedic kind of scripture stuff or buddhism it's like you know head heart hand alignment what you think what you feel and what you do like if they're not in alignment that catches up to you and again i think there's a lot of people so i do i do have a pretty clear idea of who i am what my values are what i think is you know right or wrong but equally there is a lot of gray and nuance um you know and everyone's on the journey everyone's fundamentally i like to think most people are trying to do the best that they can with what they've got um some people i do doubt that I, actually no you really just don't give give a damn do you? <laughs> you, you you really are just here for yourself um yeah. so yeah i think in general with that in mind yeah i mean it's interesting you know from a work perspective over the years you know seven years in business there's been a couple of clients where i'm like ideally i wouldn't like to do work with you but I have to pay the mortgage next month. And if I don't pay the mortgage next month, I have to go get a job, which means I don't get to do any of my work, which I think is benefiting planet, people and mm -hmm. society. So, you know, there's tensions within that, but I think it's doing it knowingly as opposed to sort of blindly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of following your whim or um, yeah, not even knowing that you don't, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the cognitive dissonance. Like my mum's a great example of this. She'll, she'll go, Oh, you know, go, went to the warehouse and, you know, everything's made in China. Everything's made in China. And it's like, well, well, everything there is, but you could go and buy an artisan cup. And it's like, yeah, oh, but they're so expensive. Okay, right. Well, you can't hold, you know, both those to kind of be true. Mm. You either want cheap or you want made locally. Typically, there's a, you know, what is it? It's like, you know, you can have it on time, on cost, or yeah, it was yeah. that, that triangle. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, so just get, you know, kind of 
get it into your consciousness that you're not going to get that you're not you're probably not going to get cheap yeah. and good value yeah. or, or well made so just be cool with that and therefore stop complaining about it yeah and i think there's a lot of people walking around in this state of cognitive dissonance where they say saying one thing but deep deep down they know that they don't actually believe it yeah and i think if we could have like a men in black style and just get everyone to How many times like, actually actually be who you should be and stop yeah. mucking around here yeah it would solve quite a lot of problems in the world yeah i am i read <clears throat> um bruno brown's dear to lead a couple of years ago yeah. and in there it challenges your values obviously because i used to be like oh yeah and, and this is important to me and this is important to me and this is important to me and this yeah. is important to me and this is important to me and counting on my feet this is important to me but if you <laughs> said to me what are your values days i'd be like oh i'm not sure because yeah. i hadn't really really dug into what they are yeah. what they mean to me and what is absolutely non-negotiable anywhere I go yeah. and so I worked on it and I narrowed it to two and then I went to my husband I was like what do you reckon my two would be and he it was integrity and caring I think he said for me nice go, no and no and he goes really and I go well there I wish integrity was like the non-negotiable one but there are environments yeah. I've been in where I haven't spoken up when I should have and so I yep. can't say that not like absolutely anywhere. It's a work yep. on it. I'd love it, but it's not. So my mm -hmm. two are connection and usefulness. Any environment I'm in, I want to be useful. If I'm sitting there blank faced yep. at a table being absolutely useless, what am I doing here? Am I, am I impacting yep. this positively in any way? Yep. No, I'm in the wrong place. And if I'm not connecting, <clears throat> if I'm sitting there and I feel alone or if I feel like disrespected or you know whatever it is that makes me start to close in and be be yeah. my little introverted self then what's going on and am I connected to the project am I connected to the people am I connected to myself but this yeah. year I've added a third I'm confident that my third is You've got it is there it's on point and I can't oh, it's non-negotiable anywhere is making a difference yeah. because that's non-negotiable wherever I am that's yeah. what I want to do and that's and so now that starts to come back into integrity yeah. if I don't say something Am I making a difference? No. Yep. <laughs> Start nice. standing up and have the difficult conversations when they're yep. not not great humans. When, or not just yep. not great humans, not doing the right thing at yep. the right time. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. You know, it's it's I think it's tough for most humans to yeah. stand up and point stuff out. unless unless you've got that type of personality type that's just yeah. like I just don't care. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think for a lot of people it, it's hard to do. Um yeah. but that's where, you know, in in that um you know in that tough in that hard part that's where the growth is that's where yeah. the that's where the learning and, and once you've done it once you know it's, it's like oh okay actually no one has died no one's yeah. thrown a rock at me there are no spears being thrown yep. actually that wasn't and actually the other person's recognized the truth here i think it's, that's that's something that's really sitting in my mind is i think there's a whole it's seemingly there's a whole lot of things that have been going on globally there's a whole this whole chat gpt thing you know you, you're across that. I just think truth in 2023 is going to be harder to actually get to. I I don't think we're going to know what is what. Okay. And I think that is, I don't know whether we are existentially ready for that as a species. It's like, it's been harder to know actually what is the truth, even though we've got Google and what have you at our disposal. Yeah. But, you know, the whole Russian bots, Um, you know, you look at elections done recently with that Cambridge Analytica. It's mm. like, what? you don't know you just don't know anymore and I, and that is i think it is quite scary i think it's kind of like which maybe brings back to community it's like actually 
having that deep connection with someone that you can absolutely trust and you know that they are not lying yeah i think it's, i was also reflecting i don't know um it's it's, it's the bloody history historian well, <laughs> historian history degree so in, in the industrial revolution there was a group of people in, in england called the luddites and yeah. they would go around destroying you know the um the industrial machines you do just wonder whether there is going to be like some neo luddites who are like actually we're going to go and find chat gpt and we're unplugging it from the matrix yeah. we are going to go and find google and unplug google from the matrix mm. so that you actually you know and whether they'd be successful or not i don't know you kind of get the impression there's a growing a growing awareness that yeah technology is not necessarily always used in our own best interests by ourselves or by other people yes. like the social dilemma and all of that kind of stuff so yeah are, are we going to see yeah it just kind of feels like we're at a real crossroads of either complete digital and obviously elon with his neural link plug it into your head it's like i there's a lot of people i actually don't want to know what's going on in their head to be honest mm. i think it would be probably probably the world shouldn't know yeah so yeah i think that's that's completely off off track there but oh, I yes. well i suppose it is about environment to agree yeah. isn't it it's like you know the digital environment versus an analog yep um and it and it links really well into the last part of the environment that we're going to talk about which is like blocking out the noise and yeah. a how to um you know and it's back to that sort of thing you know marketing on every corner and a billboard yeah. here and all these slogans that we hear <clears> how do you block out yeah. the noise and, and it links really well to that as well yeah so i'm pretty sure the word slogan used to mean uh battle cry i'm just going to google that while yeah. we're right on here so you know you are being hit with these um yeah so origin is a scottish highland war cry yeah so the slogan is a war cry that a group is shouting at you to basically get you to do what they want to do, which is quite interesting when you sort of, again, you sort of break it down. Um, yeah, it, it just, it, uh, again, having, having gone through the psychology of how to sell to people and being a salesperson and, you know, as part of some of the training we deliver, we help people understand this and work out like, but use it as a force for good, you know, the psychology of messaging and marketing and, and selling. But it just it does just annoy me when you're driving around or walking around and it's just billboard, billboard, billboard. And there's just another billboard. And then you, you can't even go to the I don't know what it's like in the ladies, but in a gent's toilet sign in front of the, the urinal. Sign yep. Yeah, it's yep. like I can't even take a piss without you trying to sell me something. It's prime marketing space. Well, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Seconds. But it's like, really? Like, yeah. You can't even just have a five minutes peace and quiet going to yeah. the bathroom. Um. Yeah, it just it just it sort of breaks your heart a little bit yeah. that you know again we we're supposedly this hugely advanced species that's in charge of the world and you know we're the ones that theoretically have this consciousness mm. and even the internet to a degree like you know all we all we use it for is to try and get people to buy shit that yeah. they possibly don't need um, yeah so the, the whole advertising stuff is really interesting um, I feel like I'm pretty immune to it um, in general I. I it doesn't mean I don't get captured by it. The, the yeah. ones I'm more captured by, and this the reason why is because scarcity is the number one psychological tool that will get someone to do something. So that's why, you know, when you're looking to buy um, something and they'll say there's only two left at this price, you yeah. will possibly just buy it and work out how to return it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I do get caught mainly with that scarcity because you think, well, oh, I actually do need it and maybe I won't. But you kind of know that actually deep down there will be more of it. Yeah. um yeah but so in, in general I, tr I i try and look at advertising and actually see it for what it is 
one of my favorite ones it's a few years ago now it was at Christchurch airport and it was um a picture of a bmw 7 series on some beautiful you know alpine road in mm. uh, you know northern france or italy or southern <laughs> france or northern italy um and it had you know a guy in his sort of late 40s early 50s you know chiseled you know suit you know boss hugo boss suit um and it just had the slogan was just success driven and i'm like oh my gosh like you have just nailed it because it's saying if you drive this car then you are successful if you're looking to be this successful you need to be driven to be able to get this it's like yeah, it's like yeah. your ad agency have just and you're it's the demographic it's like you've sold it and i just i just looked at it i was like oh my gosh like i could see that if i was not as mentally robust to be able to see this and i and i saw that message a few times i possibly Go and buy a BMW. Yeah. And that's like what? 150, 200K thing Easy. that you'd go and buy. Easy. And yeah, so I like to feel that I'm, I'm pretty immune to it. Yeah. Um, And I just think, like I said, I, I can't remember the name of the movie. It was, I think it, it was a movie. It's, it's, South, it's on YouTube. I'll see if I can find it if you, for show note, um, show notes, what have you. Um, it's these people that they did like a, a history of, it was like a history of graffiti and street art. And at the end of it, these local graffiti artists were sort of saying how, you know, part of what they were saying is, you know, as graffiti, and, and I mean like good graffiti artists, yeah, not yeah. some 12 year old tagging it, you know, with some <laughs> stupid thing, um, like really, really good art. Um, and they were sort of saying, you know, graffiti and graffiti artists have always been edgy. It's been, they've been looking for those areas of town where it is a little bit on the edge of gentrification. It's the artist quarter, but you know, they're, they're not, they can be like amazing. And what he was sort of saying was, you know, why should this be illegal when this billboard, which is in front of my house is totally legal and it's shit. <laughs> it's like a really rubbish picture of something that I don't want to buy. Yeah. And so they they were going around graffitiing on the advertising boards <laughs> and making. And a, a mate of mine actually just sent me um, a link today in the Guardian. Uh, I think it's in the UK. So climate activists are now tagging. It was Toyota and Volkswagen um, billboards, and they're changing them from sort of like you know buy our car, it's great, to like no, this is still a gas guzzler. You shouldn't be buying this car. So. Yeah, I just think it's interesting how you you have no say in what is put in front of your eyes, and they know how that messaging works. And if you're not aware, if you're not conscious of what's being put in front of you, it works. Yeah. You know, if, when I last checked the number, it was a few years ago, but it's about five hundred billion dollars a year is spent globally by the advertising and marketing industry. They're not doing it for your good; no. they're doing it to sell however many more billions of dollars of products to yeah. you. Yeah. So I just think, like I say, one of, one of the cats out of the bag now, if, if someone sees this in a few years, I've, I've had this dream. Well, there's someone's already done it. I, th I think it's been done in the U S some people will buy up a billboard and they take a picture of the scene that is behind the billboard and they put that on the billboard. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. So I'd like to, I'd like to get a group of people who want to do that in New Zealand. Or the other one would be to just start buying up some billboard space and with no advertising for me on it, just have like call a friend or go home early today and spend time with your kids or, you know, um, go for a beer with your best mate or yeah. go for a walk. Just put a load of slogans with no, like, don't, don't go buy anything. Just go do something that's good yeah. for you. Um, you know, Pull over at the next lay-by and meditate for five minutes. <laughs> just, but just don't buy anything. Yeah. Yeah.
let's let's hook up hook you into we'll make it happen. the team of media works and stuff over yeah. billboards and let's see what could happen. See what they can do. Yeah, they might be like, Surely yeah, but there's no money in this. It's not all sold that they could just well, pop exactly. something in. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. That's my theory. Be like, add, add, go do something good for you. Add, yeah. add. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> um, so we'll move into our last part, which is what we call portion distortion. And we, I genuinely don't think it matters if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 50s, if you've got kids, yep. if you don't, if you're in corporate world, if you're not, time is our biggest <laughs> connector almost of, of our challenges. And no, we don't all have the same challenges with time, but we do still have challenges with time. Yep. So talk to us about some of the challenges you've faced with time and yeah, how you've dealt with those. Yeah. Like, as I sort of probably articulated, I'm um well I've, I've been working with this uh framework a, ma- a mate of mine adam he's a he's a coach for this thing called eos i don't know if you heard of that entrepreneurs operating system so it's a way for sort of smaller business owners to sort of start operationalizing work get, get some systemization kind of going and in it they they say like look look into your business and who is the visionary and who is like the implementer and like, i clearly met all the um, criteria for the visionary like lots of ideas connections you know high value discussions like that's me mm. so time and discipline around time getting things done like that's that's not my that's not my strength um but i know that and i'm kind of cool with that and i'm working on a plan around that so i've like I said, i've got tamara who's just started working for me she's slightly better on getting stuff done like that mm. the next plan is to actually get you know um, a VA or, or an EA of some description who's like, actually, you tell me what to do, not I'm telling you what to do, because I kind of, I need that structure. Um, one thing I find really useful is, so Mondays and Fridays, I, I typically do not let clients in to me on a Monday or a Friday, because it just gives me that breathing space. So Monday, theoretically, is like my admin day. Yeah. And then Friday is like a creation day. So podcasts, things like this, um, trying to do stuff within our own community. So definitely time blocking because if yeah. you don't block it out, it gets filled. And even when it is blocked out, it gets filled because okay. some people are like, oh, we yeah. only we only work on a Monday. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, of course you do. Um, yeah, so definitely try to time block. Um, I did use is it what's it called the Pomodoro technique where you do like you set a timer for like sixty minutes or yeah. fifty five minutes, then you do a five minute break. I I tend to just get stuck into something, and I'd, I'd rather just like do it and then break, do it, yeah. then break. So yeah, I'm still pretty loose as a goose around some of that stuff, but it's, you know, it's that, it's that, it's that, I think it's the challenge for that create for the creative visionary type people is sometimes you get captured by the thing and you just have to go with it and yeah. you can't just put it into the, I'm going to do that from nine till nine fifty yeah. every day. Cause I, yeah. So it's, it's trying to balance that. Like there's, there's two books I want to write this year. There's a couple of retreats we want to run. There's a conference we'd maybe like to pull off. Like that's a, there's a lot of things we want to try and do this year. We're just trying yeah. to work out what actually like, no, because again, it's like, you know, indefatigable. Yes, but don't die. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just being realistic around what you can achieve. Um, and then trying to just, things like, you know, with the book I spent, um, pretty much this last weekend trying to really get my head into it and work out work out the structure and got you know a fair bit of content in there but it's like that's it's going to take way longer than i thought and so the smart thing would be to go right once a day i just open it up and spend 20 minutes just yeah. writing another piece 
I need to I need to get better at doing that. I'm probably not giving any advice here for anyone who's like me. If, no, you, if you're disciplined and you nice get it, you're, you're all good. It's, it's <laughs> nice that it's not like, and I do this, I do this, I do this, and I'm efficient and I'm amazing. Like it's real, you know? Yeah. It's, I'm giving it a try yeah. and some things have worked, some things haven't. I tried that yeah. time thing. I'd stop at 50 minutes and then have 10 minutes of like no <laughs> yeah. walking. And yeah. that doesn't work for me. And then two hours I'm later. I just need to finish yeah. what I'm doing. I don't do well coming away and then coming back. Yeah. But yeah, this year 100%. what we've found, because our team are very similar, we've got heaps we want to achieve, but it's a small team who want to have a big impact. And it's how, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bit by the time thing. So we've done the whole yep. quarter thing this year. Yep. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. What's the one big thing? Yeah, like the big rock. Q1, big two, you know, so yeah, like we yeah. want to do a conference also um, in Q4. So it means that we know that's really the giant <clears throat> you know, thing we're going to have to and that's going to yeah. take some work. That's why it's in Q4. Um, yeah. And then there's some big things, but still not nearly as big as that in terms of the big thing to do. And then we've each got our key strategy things that we're doing within that as well. So nice. it seems to have helped even me going, okay, cool. Yeah. So I need to start working on that in March, not right now. Well, yeah. I'm trying to yeah. see if I got it. Did, this was a bit of a revelation to me the other day. So it's like a linear calendar. Yeah. And I, I, I've not really ever seen a linear yeah, calendar before. No. And, and for me, visually, that works really well because I can. Uh-huh. So it's on my list for this weekend is to start putting in some of the big rocks in here because yeah. that I can kind of go. Oh, actually, that's coming up like really quickly. Or yeah. okay, yeah. So I'm trying to get that. I need to get it done like a three so I can put it on the wall. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that to me was a bit of a revelation that you can get a calendar in that rather than you know yeah. like the traditional layout so yeah that's my plan is to start putting in yeah like some of the big rocks like okay we'll call it one yeah the big focus is this yeah and then yeah because otherwise you drift and you get distracted and there's an, you know yeah. it's, it's kind of magpie syndrome it's shiny Ooh, yeah ooh, squirrel, yes, yes. Right, squirrel like oh 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 and what was they doing oh, oh well but my I'm... my biggest thing my biggest learning has been that i write myself a to-do list it's a giant to-do list but yeah. i think i have to do everything on the list but I yeah. don't. And yes. then I would be wasting time finishing this list when there's this big thing that needs to get sorted out. But I would, instead of going to that thing that was really important, oh no, <laughs> it's important that I finish this document that no one's going to look at. <laughs> so that's was... really important for me too. So now I write down weekly three outcomes that I want by the end of the week. And then I've got the strategic priorities that I'm particularly working on. So every week, I'm working towards those instead of kind of yeah. forgetting about them during the day-to-day big giant yeah. to-do lists. Yeah. So that's been yeah. really, really helpful. My mate, uh, Matt, he sent me a great meme on one of the WhatsApp groups. It says, I do not have ducks or a row. I have squirrels and they're at a rave. rave yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you have won the internet for 2022. As far as I'm concerned, it's like that. It sums up my life. Front page of my diary because it's exactly nice. what it feels like. <laughs> nice. I, I need to print that off and put it somewhere. Yeah. Because it's like I was like rolling on the floor with that one. <laughs> um, so to finish room. this round, why is it so important to do things and prioritize doing things that bring you joy? That's a great question. Um, and yeah, it's, it's so. I think with the whole time thing, it, you know, it links to the, it links to purpose as well. So the whole idea of like a flow state. So, you know, flow is that if you've got like the graph like that, it's kind of how hard it is um, and how good you are at doing it. And a state mm. of flow is when you're pushing yourself where it's just hard. It's kind of like a video game. If it's too hard, you quit. If it's too easy, you can't be bothered. So you need something where, you know, the end of level baddie is just challenging that it maybe takes you three or four goes, yeah. but then you get through it and then you're kind of up to the next level. So 
from a purpose perspective, having joy and a state of flow in what you're doing on the day to day is critical because you're going to spend like, what is it? 80,000 hours at work across your life. And if you are, I always pick on accountants because I'm rubbish with numbers, but let's say if you, if you know, if you've fallen into being an accountant and you absolutely hate being an accountant and you just wanted to be a nurse, um, you need to have a real think about that because if you don't have that joy in the work that you're doing, you're just not going to be a good human and to anyone around you and you're going to hate your life and it's going to end miserably. Um, so I think there's finding joy in the day to day and as much as you can, because there's always going to be some things that you don't want to do, but you have to do it. That's okay. Um, but yeah, again, I think, you know, joy, um, I, I guess there's sort of two parts of it. Joy would just be like, um, you know, having some good times, um, you know, with friends or family, um, but also, you know, I, I guess it's called restorative flow. So doing activities that aren't necessarily, um, you know, part of your job. So it's like for me, it's skiing in the winter. Um, just like skiing, you're in the mountains, it's blue skies, it's crisp. And all you can think about is the next turn you're going to do. It's like, that gives me so much joy. And my wife just, she, she doesn't ski. She doesn't, she doesn't like the cold. She, she doesn't get it. And I'm like, you have no idea how much I need to go skiing. It's it's like it's not kind of like ah, if there's some snow, maybe I'd go. It's like, yeah, if there's no snow, I'll probably go and give it a go because I just need to do this. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just trying to get really clear on what does give you joy and making that time for it. So, yeah, during the winter, you know, it's kind of like I typically try and keep one day during the week where I can go for a midweek ski. There's a couple of other um, guys and girls we know who are self-employed or who've got pretty relaxed employment relationships. Yeah. And it's like, yep. It's looking good on Wednesday. Great. Um, Let's go. Um, so yeah, just, I think, yeah, again, hanging out, good times with people. Um, skiing's a big one for me. Um, yeah. I, I also do like alone time. It, you know, I, I am traditionally what you call, well, people probably have gathered from listening to this, um, you know, a fairly extroverted human, but actually I, I think I'm more of what's called an ambivert. So I can be an introvert. I can be an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And actually for, for, for quite a lot, because I do a lot of this kind of stuff. Like, so yesterday um, I did like, you know, one 60 minute and then went two hour block of B Corp consulting. And by the end of that, I was like, I was wiped out. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see a human tonight, but like, I just want to go and sit on the couch and do nothing. So, and it's okay. You know, and sometimes I quite often I'll sort of say to the family, oh, does, any, does any, anyone want to come for a dog walk with me? And they'll be like, no. And I'm like, actually that's quite nice yeah yeah i get to go by myself <laughs> yeah. and i don't feel bad for that yeah <laughs> i love it well you know i was talking to you before we started recording about my spinning wheel yeah uh, and those are all my things not necessarily goals but just things i want to do in 2023 and one is time to wander so just nice. time that i'm not going when i get yeah. back i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this yeah and yeah. Blah, 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 yeah i'm going to call this person it's just so I've achieved it a few times so far in January, which is great. Um, nice. Long may it continue, but but yeah, consciously <clears> though. So when I'm doing my weekly plans, I'm looking at this wheel as well. So I don't just look at my nice. work goals. I look at this stuff as well. I'm going, yep. am I spending time with the kids? Am I connecting to people? You know, because yep. it's, it's easy to lose it in in the busyness of yeah. busyness. Yeah, and then yeah. you know, and when you that's why I've done it because I love joy. I want to laugh. Yeah. Wow, what a crazy every idea! Every single day. Yeah, and, you know, belly laugh, belly laughs, music, moving, seeing yeah. my kids, it all brings joy. But if you're running yeah. around like a headless chicken or yeah. squirrels at a rave, you know, <laughs> they should, are enjoying themselves. We should go to a rave one time dressed as squirrels. Um, 
I'm coming to Christchurch in a few weeks. So I will find right. a school costume if wait you keep coming. Wait, wait for the updates of this podcast. Live streaming. Whoop, whoop. With your disco, disco race squirrels. background. Yeah. So your disco Nailed background. It. Nailed it. There we go. Joy. <laughs> All right. I have some quick fire questions to roll us out of this today. <laughs> what are your three favorite smells? Obviously, squirrels at a rave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine the smell of a room for oh, squirrels fire. that have been raving? Yeah. yeah. For... <laughs> um, this is actually the hardest of the quick fire questions. Um, I think like a, a good roast dinner, that's a smell mm. that everyone loves. Um, I was trying to think, is there a smell of skiing? I guess there kind of is when you're in the, like that smell of the yeah. snow. And the, I can't, I couldn't describe it for you. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then I was really stuck. I couldn't really think of a third one. I guess the cheesy one would be, you know, like the smell of my daughter's hair or, you know, Aww. something nice like that, you know. But then if you ask me to write it down and describe it, I couldn't tell you what it was. No. But I know, know when she's having a snuggle, that, it's nice. That, that <laughs> particular one, this is not quick for I'll get ground it for this for later when they edit this, but that is like the contentious thing. So some people say they love the smell of their kid's head and I'm one of yeah. them. And others will be like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> enjoy that no like, that's so weird you smell your kids my kids maybe it says more about how often their kids wash <laughs> <laughs> oh now i have a nine-year-old and it doesn't really matter how much he washes it's a bit different now it's turning yeah. into man um, that's boys for you we just smell it <laughs> what are your favorite books so my all-time favorite book is uh the count of monte cristo um I don't, have you seen the movie or or read it yeah. um i've seen the movie yeah it's just it's like I don't even know why or how I came across it, but it's just one of those books that you just go, man, this is like a proper epic story. Mm. Um, so for those of you who don't know, it's about this guy who's falsely imprisoned and eventually gets out of prison and then goes on a trail of like vengeance and retribution to find all the people that led him to get into prison. And how he does it is like really phenomenal. It's just like, I don't know, it just kind of really captured me as like yeah. a story. Um, other than that, I've got um, one of the books I've got around me, I guess like Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl, I suppose that's yeah. kind of up there. Um, there's a book up there on my shelf called, um, what's it called? I think it's called A More Beautiful Question. And it's it's about how do you, to, to be curious and challenge things, like the, the way you do that is by coming up with the best question. Yeah. And I, I read that first when I was in sales. Um, and yeah, having that, like trying to, what, what is the best question I can ask to get what I want, you know, yeah. or help the client get what they need. Um, yeah, that's be, be quite a good one. Yeah. I've been a bit slack on books recently. I, I use, I do a lot of, I listen to a YouTube video while I'm walking or, or a Spotify, you know, podcast. Uh, yeah. Probably didn't get back. But th th there's a Japanese word which describes the books that you own that you won't read. It's like, there's a, there's just loads of them. There's here on the corner of my desk on my bookshelf here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem, isn't it? Please make the time. Yeah. I, I read 20 books in 2022 and I'm not a reader. Ooh. So I'm incredibly that's solid work. Proud of myself and now I'm a reader. So I've set nice. 25 this year. Um, what's your go-to dish to cook? Up until recently, it would have been a cheese omelette. Um, because that's what I had for my breakfast pretty much every day for probably, mm. I don't know, since I can remember the last five years. But I'm I'm on this no dairy diet at the minute. So yeah. I've I've just been having scrambled eggs. But yeah, cheese omelette, nice and easy. Um, if not it would possibly be some kind of, I do quite like ribs, ribs, chips and coleslaw. Can't go wrong yeah. with that, can you? Um, sidebar, I'm very intolerant. So you can oh. make a beautiful omelette, get some almond milk, unsweetened okay. almond milk, the green yep. label. 
and get some anchor lactose for oh no you want dairy free so get some dairy free cheese at the supermarket right. probably the mozzarella would be quite nice in the omelet we've we've got some yeah. to try but i'm i'm like really being hardcore on this diet so i figure that's cheating even having oh no so, no nah. right. the plant-based I'll... ones the plant-based ones 100 plant-based it's not cheese no. all right i'll give it a go tomorrow <laughs> Um, or you can use a powder. I'll come back to you on that one. Anywho, um, what world record do you think you have a shot at breaking? Ooh. That is a really, that was another tough one. Um, possibly something about being tall, although not that tall really in the scheme of things. Um, hopefully, ultimately one day helping the most number of companies become B Corp certified. I reckon that would be a pretty cool one to get. Yeah. There's a guy in the UK who does what I do and he's, he's already ahead of me. So I've got to raise my game. It's a great goal to have. <laughs> I think it would be up there. Yeah. Uh, what is your go-to pick-me-up song? Um, I love a lot of music. Um, but as a mate of mine um, at university said, he said, Welsh people seem to have a little switch in the back of their heads. And when A Thousand Trees by the Stereophonics comes on, <laughs> it's like you all turn into a bunch of lunatics. <laughs> um, that is just one song that really, you know, from university... It's just, yeah, there's that one. Um, and of course, there's Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows. Um, nice. Thank you them. Thank for their concert's coming up here in Christchurch. I'm going to go to the concert with a T-shirt that says Mr. Jones. And I'm going to get one for my wife, which has got Anne Me written on it. And see if anyone <laughs> gets the lyrical reference. <laughs> if they don't, I will cry on your behalf. Yeah, uh, yeah. you should not be at this concert Never if you don't get this joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is the best piece of advice that you've heard? So this was from a um, a guy called Gary. I think it was Gary Butterfield, a guy who. Um, so when I, I lived in Australia for a year, um, left the UK, went to Australia for a year, went back to the UK for a year, ended up in New Zealand. Um, and I was kind of drifting around a little bit, kind of doing like a bit of an OE type thing. And I ended up living with an Australian family and he was friends of the dad of the family that I was living with. And his piece of advice to me was keep um, keep smiling keep reaching out shaking hands and saying good day and good things will come your way and i'm like yeah i can't disagree with that and it it's kind of i guess it loops back to what we're saying at the beginning it's like if you don't know if you don't ask you don't know it's like yeah. just hi how's it going i'm tim how are you you know it's a great way to start <laughs> and it doesn't have to be flash amazing you know no. advice that's that's the amazing yeah. that's human yeah yeah just like say good day yeah connect with another human say good day how's it going yeah. And you'll be surprised what comes out of just a little conversation. Yeah. We, um, being in Christchurch, you must see him. Um, we interviewed Jason Gunn last uh, yep. year. Yep. And he said the same. He'll just be in a coffee shop and he'll just offer to pay for someone's coffee. Yeah. And it's just, he said, hey, I brighten their day and it's a touch point and it's, hey, hey, yeah. you know. But often there's another little story that might pop out of, yep. of something that's going on in their life or, yep. you know, whatever it is. And I think that's just so, it's just yep. easy. It's easy. <clears throat> yeah, he drives past my house. Standing at the queue and not talking <laughs> to anyone, just you know. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it is a bit of a Welsh thing. Like, there's a lot of Welsh people I know, and we will. But I'll I'll have a I'll, instead of like a a rubbish conversation, like you know, with a, with a shop assistant. Like, I'll actually try and have a how's your day going? Yeah. What's been the most random customer you've had today? <laughs> um, and I don't know whether it's also like a the salesperson in me. Like I, I just want to have rapport and build connection yeah. with people. But yeah, there's a lot of Welsh people I know that you'd have a conversation with with a stranger at the bus stop. It's just like I think there there is an element of that with it. The Welsh we're, we're interested, but we like 
connection and community but equally we can be quite standoffish but i think in yeah, general yeah. there's something in it about just having connection and conversation with a random punter yeah you don't, you don't know what you might get at. and in new zealand you typically find out that you're related <laughs> <laughs> how many degrees of separation here yeah. in Aotearoa? Um, 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your biggest learning from parenting um when you are fighting with your child you're fighting with yourself so it's classic shadow projection Jungian yeah. psychology the thing that you don't like in your child is the thing that you don't like in you but it's easier to shout at your child and tell them off for not tidying up when deep down you know that you don't tidy up anyway <laughs> it's so true it pierced me in the heart but I feel seen <laughs> <laughs> I've triggered you yes uh-oh uh-oh um qualities you love about yourself um so I think, yeah, we talked about indef- indefatigable. Um, I think I'd bring a lot of energy to situations. Um, I like to think I'm a bit curious, a little bit, um, a little bit mischievous. I kind of, you know, we like to bring, you know, raving squirrels. We like to bring a little bit of bit of that into what we do. Um, yeah, I think that would, that would about sum me up. Epic. An epic that you didn't just start, because most people we ask are like, oh, I don't know if there's much to learn, you know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> And I, and I always go look, look at the size of his me. head yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but you, you know like it's it's wonderful it's great that you you know your strengths and you know you know that's awesome and I'm sure there's heaps more too so no, um, but thank you so much Tim this has been absolutely epic and I can't wait to share this with other humans because I think Excellent. there's a lot to learn in here um so thank you so much for watching today um let us know what you think let us know your biggest learnings Please share it with somebody else that you know will enjoy it and check out some of the other uh, videos on our website from all the other amazing humans that give us their time and share their well-being journeys. And yeah, we'll see you again next time. Kakite. <laughs>